Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I am your host, Michael Graham. With us, the editor of the Weekly Standard, Bill Crystal. And it turns out, Bill, that the former head of the CIA is, in fact, at least as smart as a fifth grader. He seemed to have figured out early on that what happened in Benghazi was not a video riot gone wrong. I mean, I never had any question that David Petraeus knew right away what had happened. Obviously, they were monitoring things in real time. Their own people were in a fight there, and they were not in a fight with a bunch of uh, people who were unhappy about a video and just spontaneously had decided to have a little demonstration. They were in a fight with trained terrorists who were, uh, unfortunately, trained well enough to be able to get a mortar, you know, uh, adjust the mortar rounds to, to kill two Americans in addition to the two who were killed earlier. So... David Petraeus knew what was happening, and of course, if this morning's uh, testimony makes clear that he did not, that the CIA did not uh, sign off on or send or write those talking points that guided Susan Rice and guided the administration for the first few days, uh, then presumably it was people above Petraeus, and presumably those were people in or very much responding to the wishes of the White House. And then we get back to the question of why did the president want to sell the video story instead of telling Americans what really happened to Benghazi. Your nickname now is, of course, Benghazi Bill, because you've been (laughs) pushing this story when no one else wanted to talk about it. Now it's front page. And I I am astonished, am I supposed to be, that people like the acting head, Morell, and others, when they're asked direct questions like, who wrote the talking points? They look, I don't know. How can you not know? When the president's asked in a press conference, did you give an order? And he can't answer the question, yes or no, and here's what I ordered. I've never never been as a citizen so astonished at, at people refusing to answer the most basic question what did you do well there's a lot of ducking of responsibility here i'm afraid and and obviously it's a, you know the government's a complicated place and points get circulated and edited and it's a little unclear which staffer wrote them under which you know for whom but uh look the buck as the president himself has acknowledged the buck stops with him and i do think this makes clearer that the president's attempt and the rest of the administration's attempt to shove the blame onto the Central Intelligence Agency. I think they were happy to get rid of David Petraeus, honestly, when the when the affair came out, because he was an independent center of power, and I don't think he is willing. Uh, I know conservatives have been upset with Petraeus to some degree for going along with the Obama administration as part of it. On the other hand, I think internally he was uh, fighting against certain aspects of the administration's policy preferences. I think it may, maybe we we learned a little bit this morning why the administration was so happy to accept his resignation so quickly and throw him overboard. And, and generally speaking, the Obama President Obama seems to have decided that in his second term, enough with the Hillary Clintons, enough with the Bob Gateses, enough with the Dave Petraeuses. Let's just get a bunch of loyalists in there who will be even more responsive to him and to the White House and, and not have to deal with different points of view. I think that is not a recipe for success for the country, unfortunately, uh, from a point of view of conservatives and Republicans, actually, it's a much less formidable team to argue against. It's one thing if David Petraeus and Bob Gates and Hillary Clinton are telling you, right. or even Leon Panetta are saying, oh, wait a second, wait a second, uh, you can't just, just criticize the president on that. It's another thing if it's a bunch of people like Susan Rice and people who are just total creatures, really, of the president, uh, uh, total loyalists, um, parroting talking points. And, you know, the notion that we should just let Susan Rice walk because, well, someone told her to say that. I, I presume that if someone told her to say that aliens beamed down to Benghazi and grabbed our guys, she wouldn't just walk out and say that either. But that raises the question to me, Bill Crystal. You have to be an idiot to believe the story that we were being told. I went back and looked. I 
blogged the day after that this was clearly a terrorist attack. The New York Times had a story that day saying that people in the White House were telling them that they thought it was a terrorist attack. And yet for two weeks afterwards, we were supposed to ignore that. Is it the case that the White House just presumes we'll be stupid and ignore common sense? Or was it simply the case of political uh, necessity? They had to get the story past Election Day and they didn't care what they had to say to do it. You know, I guess so. It's such a stupid story, as you say, that it's hard to believe they could even even thought it would take them past Election Day. And they ended up with more of a problem than they would have had if they just said it was a terrorist attack. Al-Qaeda is not dead. Unfortunately, it's part of it's reconstituted itself, or Al-Qaeda affiliates have reconstituted themselves in this area of Libya. And we're going to deal with it. We're going to be tough. You know, they, none of us would have criticized that, really. We might have had a day of, you know, gee, uh, I thought... You said al-Qaeda was on right. the ropes. It's not quite as much on the ropes. But we would all, of course, you know, understand that uh, you can't just do away with these terrorist organizations, with uh, even with a bunch of drone strikes. And I don't think there would have been that much criticism of the president, really. Uh, everyone understands that, you know, uh, you can't protect all of our embassies perfectly all the time, et cetera. So, in a way, they made it much worse by trying to sell this uh, idiotic story. But it, does, it, does, it is amazing what it says about their attitude towards their own senior appointees, right. that they're going to send the... Uh, U.S. ambassador to the U.N. is not a trivial job. Uh, they're going to send her on a bunch of TV shows and just tell her, here, you repeat this. And it tells a lot, frankly, about her own attitude. I was in government at a pretty senior level. I wouldn't go out and say something that just because they gave me talking points. That's not your job when you're – I mean, I was a staff guy, and I was would have been more – you know, susceptible sure. to that. But she's a, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., you know. She's not supposed to just go repeat stuff without saying, well, wait a second, what's the truth here? I read in the New York Times that uh, you guys think something different. It's uh, also, uh, I have to say, pretty amazing to watch the president who sent Susan Rice out to say something that was nonsensical go, hey, why are you yelling at her for saying something nonsensical? Uh, why don't you yell at me? Well, because you didn't show up, Mr. President. Is, are they going to be able to jujitsu this into anyone who doesn't buy the nonsensical nonsensical story is in fact a anti-woman or or racist or whatever i don't think so i don't think so i i, well, I, I, I certainly hope not but that brings us to the second uh, part of the conversation it has been one of the most fascinating post-election weeks i can ever remember and i uh, based on the feedback i'm getting in my email and tweets and my listeners on my radio show in boston the, the, the buyer's remorse is setting in really quickly. And you look at everything from the stock market, you know, just collapsing to, you know, suddenly a, almost a, maybe a ground war in Israel. And the, we found out that the uh, debt deficit in October was $120 billion. I mean, even added the other smaller ancillary stories like hosting, you know, our Twinkies are gone, Bill Crystal. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, it, it, is there a feeling out there that the wheels are starting to come off or that, how, why do you think we are in this uh, unusually, quickly negative uh, position. I mean, I suppose defenders of the administration would say, hey, look, these things were going to happen, you know, if Mitt Romney had won, you'd have mm-hmm. at least some of the same events, maybe not the stock market. But I think it, it gets back to what we were talking about just a minute ago. I do think here in Washington, among you know, sensible people, even people who aren't very partisan, I was talking with a foreign policy expert this morning, uh, not at all partisan, really, there's a real concern about what the second term is going to look like. Uh, we had a rough enough first term, but there were some grown-ups in key positions, and it probably... Uh, lessened the damage that some of Obama's foolish policies could do. And there was also, he was living off a certain inherited capital. People were a little scared of the U.S. after uh, George W. Bush. We could, in a way, uh, we had a little, uh, there was more tolerance, right. you might say, for, you know, a little, little less temptation, perhaps, to take advantage of U.S. weakness. I, I, unfortunately, by 
after three and a half years of, the pre- of President Obama, I think we saw in Benghazi that some of the uh, reluctance of our enemies to attack us uh, was lessened. Some of the sense that they would pay a big price was lessened. And incidentally, what price has anyone paid for that? That's We're true. now, what, two months? Leave aside mm-hmm. what people said. What have we done in response to Benghazi? Has it taken us that long to find the people who are uh, responsible and to go after them? I, I suppose it has, but are, are we, you know, that's worrisome. It's, that's not every, every day that goes by that someone doesn't get blown up, frankly, who, who, who was involved in that attack is a bad day for the U.S., a bad day for other U.S. diplomats elsewhere in terms of their own security. So I do think there's a worry that the Obama second term, we're already we're living off some borrowed capital uh, in terms of both domestic and sort of our strength at home and abroad. Uh, that capital has been eroded pretty badly by $4 trillion deficits uh, at home and by weakness abroad. Right. And now we have a second term that looks like it's going to be weaker, a weaker administration than a first term in foreign policy, <laughs> excuse me, and maybe in domestic policy. Uh, an emboldened Democratic Party, uh, paying off all the interest groups uh, uh, which constitute it. So I actually think as an American, it's a very worrisome time. As a, as a conservative and a Republican, I do think it means President Obama's momentum from his re-election may, may dissipate faster than, 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 than anyone right. would have thought. Uh, uh, in uh, Israel right now, we're watching a situation where, as you and I talk, there are reports of um, uh, representatives of the Egyptian government going to Gaza, where the Gazans are firing rockets, including uh, uh, possibly rockets into Jerusalem. And I don't see any indication, and maybe I'm missing it, that the White House is using the billions of dollars we pour into Egypt to do anything at all to lessen the support, the open display of support for Hamas. You know, I don't know. Maybe they're privately trying to do some stuff, but I I agree with you. There's no obvious... uh sign of that. And again, I think it's a sign of our of the sense of which people just don't think we're to be taken seriously, that our wishes aren't to be determinative, and that they're going to go about, you know, catering to whatever domestic constituencies they want, or just following their own views, for all I know, in the case of some of the people in the Egyptian government, unfortunately, uh, and not worry too much about what the reaction will be back here. I mean, that really would not have happened in the past under Bush. I don't think under Clinton either, and certainly not before that. I mean, people's first thought is, well, what will the U.S. say or do? I've got to be careful. I may want to do this. I may not like Israel. I may uh, want to show my solidarity with the people uh, in Gaza, who are firing rockets at Israeli civilians, but gee, you know, want to pay a price for that? I, uh, do people think they'll pay a price for it today? I, I hope they still do, and I hope the Obama administration acts to make sure people think that. But I think that is worrisome. That really is worrisome as an American. I mean, you, you do not want to live in a world in which the deterrence effect of the U.S. Um, diminishes radically, because there are an awful lot of people out there who will act more and more irresponsibly and, and pursue more and more dangerous policies to us and to our friends uh, if they lose that sense of, gee, I better be careful about crossing the U.S. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit like Alice in Wonderland. Okay, I'm going to go straight. We are the number one military power in the world, and we do give billions of dollars to Egypt, and yet we have nothing to do. About yeah. Egypt sending over a politician. This isn't even some like you know member of a Knesset kind of deal. You know, this is hi. I'm the president of Egypt. Thank you for your check, America. Now here, these guys are killing Jews. Let's go stand with them. No, you're 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 absolutely right, and it's funny. I mean, but it also is a bad sign that more people here aren't more outraged about it. I would mm-hmm. say. 
um, you know, you, we joked about how interested you and I have been in Benghazi, and I, would, right. I think this conversation we're having about the Middle East, but I'm struck. I listened to an interview this morning driving in early. They had one of the Sunday show, Bob Schieffer, the host of uh, CBS's Face the Nation, on a quick two-minute inter- local interview with the local anchors. I think they, all the Sunday show hosts do that on Friday to try right. to promote their shows, as they should. I'll be on Fox News Sunday, and people should watch that <laughs> first, of course. They can then watch the other shows if they wish. But... Um, and, you know, the attitudes is what was happening in the Middle East. Oh, yeah, there's another one of those turmoil in the Middle East. Boy, that's a constant. That always kidding. keeps coming up. That's a real – there's always a lot of that going on. I mean, really, is that a sensible attitude to take when, you know, Hamas is lobbing hundreds of rockets from Gaza into Israel when Israel has felt compelled to respond with pretty uh, – awful lot of air power and maybe to go in on the ground with all the implications that has for the region? I mean, just the attitude here in Washington is much too – sort of diffident and sort of uh, ironic, you know, and we sophisticated people know that that's just a pretty pretty rotten part of the world and a lot of stuff happens there without really <laughs> thinking about the implications of it for, for for our foreign policy and for our well-being. It just drives me crazy, too, the way the media coverage is. I look up at the screen at CNN and it is conflict between Hamas right. and Israel, like it's two guys who walked into the arena and said, let's you know, get it on, as opposed to after months of rockets fired at school kids, Israel finally response. No, it's instant moral equivalency. There's a terrible, I like the Washington Post editorial page more often than I like most liberal editorial pages. I think their editors are serious people. And on foreign policy, they've been quite good often, I mean, quite courageous in taking on the left. And they have a terrible editorial this morning. You know, gee, this is, isn't it interesting this is happening before the Israeli elections, so we need to <laughs> doubt the motives on both sides. Really? Is this why Netanyahu and Barack and those people felt they had to act now because they have an election coming up. I suspect from the electoral point of view, it's not a great idea to have a very dicey war mm-hmm. with the prospect of ground troops in Gaza and obviously casualties. I think they kind of felt they had to do this, you know. And so when you have even the Washington Post, which, as I say, I, whose editorial sure. page I respect, kind of going down this path. I mean, God knows where, of course, other parts right. of the liberal media are going. Well, we just poll-tested rockets into our southern section, and it's polling pretty good, so we're not going to yeah. act right now. It's right. absolutely crazy. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for sharing your time with us. It is the Weekly Standard Podcast. Check out weeklystandard.com for regular podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.